Blog Talk Radio. edition of the Old Dominion Libertarian Radio Network. My name is Joe and Rufty, and I'm surrounded tonight by Jeff Klebb and Andy Craig. Jeffrey Sanford will be joining us momentarily. We uh, advertised earlier that we had Warren Freed coming on the program tonight, but he had some technical difficulties at home and won't be able to make it. Um, so we are having a different guest on this evening, Guy McClendon, who is running uh, for Congress as a Libertarian in Louisiana, and he's also um, the Texarkana Regional uh, Director for Gary Johnson 2016. So, Jeff and Andy, how are you tonight? I'm fine. How are you, gentlemen? I'm doing good. Good. Uh, the first order of business tonight, before we get to our guest, of course, 
is the latest uh, comments from, uh, I saw one person said he's the godfather of the liberty movement. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, Ron Paul has suggested that some people vote for Jill Stein. Uh, what do you guys make of that? Voting for Jill Stein in a move to be poor, more pro-liberty would be like being a chicken and campaigning for Colonel Sanders. Well, you know, I haven't seen the um, I haven't seen the actual video itself yet. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty disappointing for him to be bashing uh, Gary Johnson like he did. But if that's his opinion, that's fine. Um, he's endorsed a lot of candidates who are a lot less libertarian than either Gary Johnson or Bill Weld. But, um, you know, it is what it is. He said something about liking Stein's foreign policy, I guess. Um, That's exactly I, what he said. She's more, she's more anti-war than any other candidate running for president. Which, I mean, Gary Johnson goes and talks all the time about unintended consequences and blowback and how we have to stop regime change. So I... You know, I, I yeah, think that's a, really a guy place, that, but that's, I think I know. I, I will. I will say this: I know some of the um, some of his advisors or people around him are very hostile to Gary Johnson, and so I have no doubt that he's been fed some probably distorted information. Oh um, yeah, da- Daniel McAdams and people like that. Well, you know, I I don't want to. Well, the, the the thing that the the things that that um that I'm hearing from the Ron Paul devotees is that um when when he announced this um they were all excited and said oh yeah yeah you know whatever Ron Paul says you know he could say murder a live newborn baby on TV and they would do it you know that kind of yeah. thing and and so they're like well. You know, Jill Stein wants to bring all the troops home from every single place on the face of this earth and bring them back to America, which is what Ron Paul wants. And she doesn't even want to go to war with a declaration from Congress. No more war, period. End of story, no matter what, even if we're attacked. And that's what Ron Paul wants. And, you know, and that, and and so those extremists over there, that's what they don't like about Gary Johnson, that he says we're going to go to war if we're attacked. They don't even want that. Well, I mean, and it's true. Gary Johnson has said, you know, when we get into office, we're going to honor our existing treaty obligations. We're not just going to rip them all up on day one. Um, But that's not, I think that's not the principle of the question. That's just how you go about implementing it. Um, I mean, it's not, It's not. I don't think, desirable to, you know, tell Russia the day after Inauguration Day, all right, y'all go ahead and invade the Baltics and not going to – I mean, it's just – I mean, there, there are details about how these things have to actually get worked out. Um, but Gary Johnson talked about pulling our troops home from – out of Europe, stopping the crawl of NATO um, and uh, working out a solution to get our troops out of Korea. 
which he's the only person I've ever heard talk about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, my, my inclination is to let Ron Paul enjoy his retirement. There you um, go. <laughs> and it is what it is. I think he's wrong. It's not the first time I've disagreed with him. Um, but, you know, there's things I disagree with Gary Johnson about. There's things I disagree with Bill Weld about. Um there's a slightly longer list of things I disagree with Ron Paul about. Well, yeah. Gary Johnson also talked about if you go to war, you do it the constitutional way, and he's correct about that. I mean, this stuff about, well, we won't go to war even if we're attacked. Well, you know, it is a constitutional obligation of the federal government to protect the people, and there is a constitutional provision for a military. It's ironic how Jill Stein is so against the military, which is called for in the Constitution, but everything she else she wants to do is not called for in the Constitution. So I don't really put well, a lot I'll of weight in anything she what, says. I'll tell you what, I don't want to speak to ill of them, but I'll tell you what Jill Stein and Ron Paul's foreign policy have in common. They, they, they're both fans of Russia today. They're both fans <laughs> of what? They both, they're both uh, friendly with the uh, RT, the uh, the Russian. Oh, the Vladimir Putin channel. Pretty much. Well, yeah. you know, with, with with that being said, um, I watch RT quite a bit um, because I think they are friendlier to um, third-party candidates, and I don't really care why they are. You know, they could have an ulterior motive behind that. Oh, that I to talk about that for a while. They totally have an ulterior motive, but you're right. They do cover. They do cover a lot of. It's to make yeah, you know, and, and off point about you know, look, Russia rigging, Putin rigging elections isn't so bad. The Americans do it too. It's kind of a uh, yeah, I know, yeah, right a fool. But um, but, I I love yeah. watching, I love watching Larry King on, um, RT. I um. I like the show Crosstalk. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Isn't and that so they're, bizarre? They're, That's where he ended up? Yeah, well, somebody told me that he was on a network called Orca. I think that's what it's called or something, and that they were bought yeah, out by RT. Yeah, sort of like online thing. It was kind of like Hulu, but not as... Yeah, and, it, and, they, and they were bought out by RT, I think, and that's how he ended up there, but... I don't really know, but anyway, uh, we've got a we've got a lot to talk about tonight, um, and um, so we're gonna we're going to um, get to our guest now, um, who uh, is running for Congress in Louisiana, and he's also working with the Gary Johnson campaign. So I would like to bring on Guy McClendon now, and uh, how are you doing, sir? Doing just fine, Joe. It's great to be here. Great. We're we're happy well, I, to have you. Uh, I got to mention, guys, since we were since we were talking about it, you know, we've discussed this. Um, I, I should mention that you did have the the honor of of taking Ron Paul his um, his award, his the Hall of Liberty, the Lifetime Award that the party did, and. Um, you know, even when we disagree with them, I think I don't think anybody would argue that wasn't deserved. 
Absolutely. I have profound respect for Dr. Ron Paul. Uh, the Hall of Liberty Award was certainly deserved in his case. Um, I could live a thousand years and not do enough as much for the cause of liberty as Dr. Paul has in his lifetime. Yeah. So how's uh, how's it going there in Louisiana with the uh, campaign? Oh, it's going very well. Uh, I expect for me to be elected, I'm going to have to be swept in with the tsunami of a Gary Johnson presidency. It does take about a million dollars to brute force take uh, a congressional seat. Uh, while I'm not going to try to raise a full million dollars, I am running to win. I plan to attend every candidate forum that's an opportunity. Um, I had the privilege of going to Mount Calvary uh, Baptist Church, and I was a panelist there in my role as Calcasieu Parish uh, LP chair, but it it helped my campaign. So uh, I'm doing everything I can to uh, get those votes and hope to raise the money to do robocalling uh, to all the independent voters in my congressional district. That would be that's an, that's a, a smart and effective use of uh, of resources. I think I think if, if there's two points I could make to LP congressional candidates that things that are worth spending your campaign money on, it's uh, door hangers for canvassing and robocalls. Right. A lot of my efforts, my personal efforts, are being directed toward helping Gary Johnson actually take the White House. I believe that's a viable option. I believe he has a chance to actually become president. I'm doing what I can on a personal basis to help that uh, goal become reality. Uh, Again, I hope to be elected as congressman, but it will be in context of being swept in with a tsunami. Well, that's kind of the same situation I'm in, too. You know, I've been a big Johnson supporter for a long time, but I, I I got my name on the ballot this year for Congress, too, uh, on that same calculation. I mean, if there's ever a year to uh, to take a roll of the dice on the LP having coattails, this is this is probably it. Indeed. So who is, who is your opponent, Guy? Oh, there's about seven different opponents, and I haven't so much been, again, focusing on them as I have been uh, just getting uh, governor elected. Um, I've, you know, if you go to my mclendon.net website, you'll see that I'm focusing on issues and not on my opponents. Great, and I like hearing that. You got that many of them because it's like a uh, the the jungle primary there, where like, it would be like was it three or four three or four Republicans and a couple of Democrats. Is that what it is? Uh, something to that tune. I think there's about seven candidates. Um, it is an open seat. The current incumbent. Uh, Bustani is running for United States Senate, so he's vacating his congressional seat. So it is a, a you know an open seat and a, a real slugfest happening for this congressional seat. Is there a, a, a chance of it going to does it go to a runoff then if nobody gets above fifty percent there? Is that how it works? That's correct. If no one wins an outright majority of fifty percent plus one, then the top two will go to a runoff election. Well, I mean, hey, if they're splitting, if they're splitting it uh, that many ways with the two major party votes, uh, getting through to a runoff is not absolutely not out of the question. I mean, in a seven-way race, you could come in second with something in the teens. Indeed, there was a, um, a debate sponsored by some college Republicans where they basically did not invite myself, the Libertarian, to a debate. But those Republicans are going to split their vote if a tsunami of uh, Johnson support causes the libertarian to get 20 30 percent it's very possible i'll end up 
in the runoff, in which case I'll have a forum upon which to uh, express the uh, libertarian ideas, um, get the message out there, and possibly win the congressional seat. The, uh, what is Wonderful. The, uh, how does the party there in Louisiana feel about that system? Do y'all do y'all like it? Do y'all not like it? Is it does it work for you? Well, the top two in Louisiana, although I think we were the original top two, I'm sad to say, um, our flavor of top two is not so toxic as uh, other states. Uh, such experts as uh, Richard uh, Winger from Ballot Access News could give you more detail on that, but. Uh, you know, we have an opportunity to actually win elections, it's considered, so um, people don't consider that they're wasting their vote quite so much uh, with a Louisiana top two as compared to, say, California top two. Well, like in California, they have the primary in, like, June or something, and that's when they winnow it down to top two, whereas you, you all get to go to no- election day in November, and then it's, like, in December, isn't it? They have to run off if, they, if it goes to one. But that's correct. It is certainly after a general election day when we have our uh, top two runoff. Right. So that's, that, I think that is a lot better than the – I mean, the problem with the California system is that it cuts us out of the election months before the you know, the actual election. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, what are okay. some of the um, I- issues that you're focusing on with your campaign? Well, of course um, – I'm very much against an interventionist foreign policy. Uh, I would bring all the troops home. Again, I'm speaking on behalf of my congressional campaign. Uh, I would uh, redeploy nearly all of the military assets from overseas uh, adventurers and relocate those to the United States. Uh, I would have a strong continental defense here in the U.S., um, but I would not be nation-building and policing the world. So far, I like it. (laughs) I certainly believe that uh, no president should be allowed to commit uh, American lives to an intervention unless there's a congressional declaration of war. Uh, I consider myself a constitutionalist, um, and my interpretation method is kind of extrapolated original intent. Uh, There are some aspects of uh, society that have changed since uh, the Founding Fathers approved the Constitution. Uh, so you have to extrapolate some. Uh, for instance, um, post roads and so forth, I would extrapolate to say the interstate highway system's fine and uh, so forth, like that. Yeah. Well, uh, um, along the lines of um, military expenditures, um, there have been some. some Boondoggles recently it's got a lot of attention with the F-35 and uh, uh, the littoral combat ship, which is another one of them. I know that's being built. There's two of them. They're building two of them. One of them's up here in Wisconsin, and one of them is, I believe, either building built in Alabama or Louisiana. Um, but it's kind of been frustrating how little. I mean, that used to be an issue the Democrats would make hay out of. Look at you know how much absurd amount of money is being wasted on this weapon system. That, that doesn't seem to be something that you hear them talk about anymore. The issue has gotten, if anything, worse. Well, Democrats and Republicans alike enjoy the jobs programs that come with making bullets and warships. Uh, they're totally fine with. Um, you know, munitions manufacturers uh, making lucrative profits 
by making the weapons it takes to kill people overseas. Uh, I'm not okay with that. Uh, I think that's blood money that we don't need. What is the uh, geographic area of your district? Uh, basically, it's southwest Louisiana. So you're bordering what, Texas, Texarkana, that area? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, my uh, congressional district three uh, shares a border with Texas, the uh, Gulf Coast. It goes above Lake Charles a bit and then to the other side of Lafayette. Okay, okay. So if, if I'm looking at a map of Louisiana, you're in the lower left part. Yes, sir, that's correct. Okay. Central time zone, Can right? You? Yes. And what so can you are, say are about you? your primary Republicans like, or your primary opponents? Do you have a prominent Republican and a prominent Democrat and then some lesser-known people? Is there anybody uh, who has, like, is, is favored to win that you've got to try and knock them out? Um, again, my strategy is to simply uh, focus on the issues, not on the other opponents, ride the tsunami wave of the Johnson campaign. And um, if there's other candidates standing with me uh, after the general election day, I'll focus on those specific candidates at that time. Outstanding. That's good. That's good to hear. So um, you're you're kind. Are you? Go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. I was just gonna ask. I was just gonna ask you, Guy, if if you're anywhere near Jennifer Werther. She's over in the St. Tammany area, just north of New Orleans. Uh, She and I do communicate uh, quite a lot. She's the Gary Johnson Louisiana State Director, uh, and of course, I'm the regional director over her state and a few others. Okay. So did you ha- did you have a lot of flooding in your area? No, sir. Uh, in the Lake Charles area, in the recent flooding, we were spared, thank goodness. Uh, significant <laughs> yeah. tragedy in Baton Rouge, as, as you know. Um, Governor Johnson did uh, make a statement uh, expressing condolences about the tragedies there. Yes. All right, Andy, yeah, you can go ahead. I was just going to mention, I, I I kind of get a chuckle every time I see it that um, – they named that the, the Texarkana region. I'm actually I'm originally from Texarkana. That's where I was born. Um, which, for those who don't know, is a pretty small town. I mean, I don't know, it's twenty or thirty thousand people, something like that, on the border there between Texas and Arkansas. Um, but I mean, yeah, I remember uh, we would go down to my grandparents would get from Bossier Air Force Base. They would drive down there. He was a veteran, so they could get their their groceries tax free. At the Air Force Base, there, um, it, Louisiana's got an interesting history of being kind of the regional, almost like Vegas. You know, almost like Vegas. They famously had gambling and other vices um, that were not legal in the surrounding states. Uh, do, do you think that kind of historical culture has, has made it maybe a little bit friendlier? To you know, libertarian inclinations in Louisiana than uh, other other parts of the South. Certainly, it's helped. Um, but if you just look at 2012 vote totals, um, Arkansas, strangely enough, actually had like double the vote totals for Gary Johnson as compared to uh, the other states in Texarkana region, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. So uh, if I had to say there's a libertarian bastion in Texarkana, it would be Arkansas. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, that's 
actually where I grew up and, and graduated school and stuff. And I can say the Arkansas party has probably been one of the fastest growing. When I left Arkansas, they'd never they'd never had a candidate on except the presidential ticket. Uh, never had a libertarian on the ballot for any other office. And since then, they've done the party petition three times in a row, and they're running like you know 20, 30, 40 candidates, uh, full slate all up and down the ticket. Um, whatever they've been doing in Arkansas there with, with Dr. Paco and, and some of the others there, uh, I, that is, it is whatever it is, it's working. Uh, indeed, I'm very excited about Arkansas. You may recall that if the presidential ticket gets over 3% in this election 2016, then the Libertarian Party of Arkansas gains major party status, meaning they're not going to have to worry about uh, petitioning for a while. That's very, very achievable given uh, Governor Johnson's strong showing in the polls right now. So I expect that Arkansas will become a major party status for the Louisiana LP after 2016. Excellent. And another uh, thing that will help there, It'll probably help both ways. Is that um, in three out of their four U.S. House races, it's only a Republican versus a Libertarian. The Democrats are only running for one of the seats, um, and so that's that's something else that's you know I'm not, I feel like I left Arkansas just in time for when it got interesting for the LP there. <laughs> I'm sure um, Arkansas is a great place to live. I won't ask you about the, the Battle of the Booth, but uh, I know better than that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that Arkansas has a um, has a great um, pres- uh, candidate down there. We had him on the show twice, and I, I, I just really think he's great and he's funny. Um, and, you know, I had his name until I started describing it. Frank Gilbert. Um, <laughs> Is he the one who wanted to sell the governor's mansion? Yes, that's the yeah, guy. <laughs> I love that guy. That was awesome. Yeah, he's running for uh, Senate this time. He's their U.S. Senate candidate. So, um, well, um, well let me, let me ask I was going to um, uh, I was just going to ask you, um, how's the uh, – Oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, yeah. At some point, I'd like to talk about why Gary should be in the presidential debates. Oh sure, yeah, go for it. Okay. Well, uh, current status, you know that over a million Americans have signed a petition asking for Gary to be in the debates. Depending on what poll you um, hear, um, the, the different polling numbers show between I think it's roughly the mid 50s to the mid 70 percent percentage of Americans who want that third voice of Gary in the debate. Our nation is really facing some serious issues, and uh, this abomination of a debate we just had recently uh, just makes it clear that the voters are not getting valid and complete information from uh, what they consider to be their two picks. Um, If Gary's up there, you will not be hearing from him a bunch of personal attacks and half-truths that are really intended to mislead voters by the Democrat and Republican. Voters really need to be fully informed, and Trump and Clinton are not giving voters the whole truth. Um, So, you know, Gary is honest. He's not a hypocrite. Americans need and want an honest president, 
If you remember, Abe Lincoln's nickname was what? Honest Abe? Honest Abe. And uh, Lincoln was a third-party candidate at the time. And if you look at Gary, he beats Hillary and uh, Trump among independent voters. Um, he's uh, The last I heard, he was tied with Trump among um, members of the military. Now, the next president is going to be committing the lives uh, and fortunes of our soldiers to war. Don't you think that um, the polling numbers of military people should really be taken into account as we decide who will be presented to the American people? I agree. Uh, I, I think it. I think it should be. But you know, the the argument that's being made, and I and I I hear it from Trump and Clinton supporters, and I have to believe it's coming from the top, is that just because in between 50 and 60 percent or whatever it is, say they want a third voice on the stage, doesn't mean they want Gary Johnson. And even if it does mean that, it doesn't mean that they would actually vote for him. I have a friend who um, is active in the Reform Party, Ross Perot's old um, party, and he did uh, a um, – let's see um, – there's a instant runoff voting among, uh, and he did a, a informal poll. And you know, and when you start um, dropping out the different people in his informal poll, Gary actually would win the presidency if you had run used instant runoff voting. Um, the United States uh, has a really rigged system. Um, if you look at what the League of Women Voters did in the presidential debates leading up to 1988, uh, the ladies of that organization really took nonpartisanship seriously. And in the opening comments in the most recent debate, uh, the Commission on Presidential Debate basically instructed the moderator to say they were a nonpartisan organization. That is not true. That is a false statement. Yeah, they're, they're bipartisan. absolutely partisan. And um, back in 1988, the um, the DNR candidates back then basically had made some decisions. They went to the League of Women Voters, decided to cut a deal with the league, telling them that here's the terms if y'all want to facilitate the debate. That uh, the League of Women Voters basically issued a letter that you can go Google, and it's on their website today, and they said that they're not going to participate in a fraud against the American public. And that's exactly what those debates are. It's clear and obvious that's a fraud. Those two candidates are not the best that America has to offer. Let's hope not. No, they're, they're, they're not. And, you know, instead of talking about the issues, they're arguing over which one is uh, has more infidelities than the other. He called her Miss Piggy. And, you know, I mean, that's, you know, when when you think back to the to the first televised debate of Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy, you didn't have any of that. It was two guys, even though Richard Nixon was sweating like a stuck pig, you had two guys. Yeah, you had you had two guys discussing the issues. And, you know. And the and the better man won, you know, as they say. But you know, I mean, we we don't have that today, and it's not even the same as you know when when Reagan 
and um, Walter Mondale ran. I mean, that was a fun debate to watch. I looked at that the other night where he said, I'm not going to let my opponents use an inexperience, you know, that line that he gave. I mean, that's fun. Oh, Mondale, yeah. I mean, you know, there's 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 nothing um, – there's nothing funny about that debate that we saw last week. I mean, they just could not, they could not conceal their contempt for each other. Um, I mean, there was, it was obvious to everybody um, how much they just hated each other. Um, and that's not always, didn't always used to be the norm. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a part of the problem with the the CPD um, is they set this level at 15%, but we we know here's the theory I have. So in 1992, Perot, as, as Governor Johnson has pointed out, was polling lower than he is now when they let him in the debate. But that was after he had dropped out and then you know had came back crazy late. Aim about his daughter being blackmailed and then got back into the race. And they basically knew Trump, Bush and Clinton in 1992 both knew that there was no real danger of Trump winning. He had a high, he had a low, he had a ceiling. He had a ceiling on his support. I mean, yeah, he went from, he went from eight to 19%, but he wasn't right. going to go from eight back up to 40%. Mm-hmm. Um and so they could play they could play the gambit of which ones are going to lose more votes to them. I think they're genuinely scared that if they let Gary Johnson on the stage with Hillary and Trump being as hated as they are, uh, I mean, they would be it would be a rush so that Gary Johnson would actually be a serious threat to win at that point, and that's why they're so terrified of you know uh, the. I think that that's just a theory about it anyway. Right. If uh, Gary gets in the debates, I believe he'll actually do the Perot effect and actually take the presidency because the competition's mm-hmm. just so bad. There's no other place for the voters to go. And even if he does not get into the presidential debate, the voters should still vote for Gary because he's very likely to win several states like Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada are very much within reach of winning and actually taking the electoral votes, preventing the other two from getting a majority, pushing the election into the House of Representatives. Y'all may remember in uh, past American history uh, the uh, heated election between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. That election for president went to the House of Representatives, and Jefferson was picked. Yep, it happened happened again with Adam's son, who uh, managed to be picked over Andrew Jackson in 1824, even though Jackson had won the popular vote, but it went to the House, and, and Adams was picked because, well, Jackson was crazy. <laughs> um, More history. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but that, um, I mean, well, also there's a poll that I mean Nate Silver was writing about this. I mean, this is an idea we've been kicking around for a while, but now it's getting picked up and noticed because I mean he is polling at 24, 25 percent in New Mexico. Um, you know, it's less than 10 points away from from winning the state. 
Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Sanford had a question. He wasn't able to get on the program tonight, uh, but he had a he had a, a question. He wanted he wanted to know what you thought about the upcoming big announcement from Julian Assange. Apparently, he's going to be releasing some more documents, and it's going to be a bombshell. And he wants to know if you think that will have any effect on on the election or if the voters will just say, well, it's just another thing to pile on, but I'm voting for him or her anyway. I haven't uh, heard. Has that Julian Assange, uh, the WikiLeaks uh, uh, data, that has not come out yet, though, has it? No, it ha- it hasn't yet. But he's, uh, I heard today that he says he's got a big drop. He's getting ready to release a whole bunch of things and that it's going to be very damning for, I think he said, Hillary Clinton. Uh, that's wonderful news. I really praise uh, WikiLeaks. Um, in fact, if you look back at the national uh, – now, Edward Snowden is, of course, a different whistleblower separate from Julian Assange. Um, I consider them both whistleblowers, both heroes. Uh, Edward Snowden, in my mind, is a definite American hero. He's risking his life, and he's sacrificed his liberty to save the freedoms for America. If uh, that's not a hero, I don't know what is. Um, and so if anyone hasn't seen the uh, movie Edward Snowden, I strongly urge you to uh, go see that. I might point out at the LP National Convention, this recent 2016, at the end of the convention, uh, the body approved a resolution uh, saying something to the effect that the LP supports a complete pardon for Edward Snowden. I made that motion that uh, I'm honored that was it was passed. So uh, I very much embrace WikiLeaks, and uh, I consider that freedom of journalism. And um, for my part, uh, I believe that journalists should not be put in prison for protecting their sources. Uh, that's a, a constitutional amendment right that should be strictly protected. It's a bulwark against tyranny, and um, so that's my position. Well, it's ours too. I I um, I, I agree with that. Uh, why don't you tell us how um, our listeners can get in touch with you if they want to volunteer for your campaign or if they um, want to volunteer for the Gary Johnson campaign? Certainly. Uh, if you want to volunteer for the McClendon for Congress campaign, you can simply visit my website, uh, www.mclendon.net. That's M-C-L-E-N-D-O-N.net. Uh, and, of course, uh, Governor Johnson is johnsonweld.com. Sure. Um, and uh, we, you not only need volunteers, uh, but you need some donations because campaigns can't make it if they don't have the money to compete. So um, don't just sign up to volunteer. That's always a great thing. But make sure you – even if it's – I tell people, even if you can only send five bucks to the Johnson campaign, send it. You know, Indeed, and, um, and for the McClendon, if I uh, I need to raise a few more thousand dollars so that I can pull the trigger on some get out the vote. Actually, uh, I hope to do two different phone banking. Uh, within my district, there's about eighty thousand phone numbers in the independent voter list, and I hope to call them twice. And to do that, I, I need to raise quite a few thousands of dollars. And that well, get out the vote will help not only myself but the Johnson campaign as well. Wonderful. Uh, so I hope you folks out there that are listening that you um, can chip in and help with that, and uh, you can go to mcclendon.net and check it out. 
we certainly appreciate you coming on the program tonight, Guy. It's, it's been fun. Uh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. I know you have to get going um, to an, to something else. So um, we'll look forward to having you back on um, after you have won your congressional seat. Maybe you can call in from Washington. Woo-hoo. Just That's do it on a personal phone so it's so the long distance charges aren't billed to the taxpayer. Okay, no problem. <laughs> All uh, right, thank you, sir. Right, have thanks, a good night. Thanks, uh, keep up, keep yeah. up the great work. Yeah, thank you, Andy and Joe. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have um, I have a couple things to discuss before we get off the line tonight, very briefly. Um, and you know, I almost hate to bring these things up because it's just um, it. You know, if people are listening and they don't know about it, I'd rather them stay that way. But um, this latest thing about Bill Weld and saying that uh, Hillary Clinton oh. is the most qualified and, and Fox News has truncated the statement and trying to make it sound like he's promoting Hillary Clinton. And um, it, re- it was really sad today because Neil Cavuto was shaking his head. I saw a clip of that. He was shaking his head and saying, I can't believe these guys. They just don't know when to shut up. And it's not yeah, journalism. It was- well, I mean, uh, when, when it gets to the point where they're literally cutting off quotes mid-sentence in order to misrepresent it, then there's really nothing. I mean, yeah, could he have worded it? it you can think of ways he could have worded the same point differently and not and not been able to cut it off like that. But if they're going to do that, they'll find something. Um, yeah, if it wasn't you know, that, like, it'd be something else. Like Gary, like Gary makes a, a an obviously kind of sarcastic, you know, makes a joke about, the sun's going to uh, eventually envelop the earth, and all of a sudden, you know, it gets twisted into Gary Johnson says do nothing about global warming because the sun is eventually going to envelop the earth. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's willful. It's, I mean, it's willfully malicious, and we can push back and correct the record, and, we can, and you know, the candidates themselves can respond. Um but you know that's I mean, what what it's uh, and, saying go is when you're taking flack you're over the target. Yeah, and and you've got you've got Bernie Sanders today saying if if my supporters take a hard look at Gary Johnson they won't be voting for him, and my response to that is maybe so that that you may be right about that but that doesn't mean they're going to vote for Hillary Clinton either. You know. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's an interesting. I think I don't want to say that they don't, they don't exist. They absolutely do. There are a lot of um, uh, Bernie, Bernie supporters who went to supporting Gary Johnson. I don't want to discount that, but I think they're overstating it. Because here's the thing: they look at these polls that say, "Oh no, Gary Johnson's pulling 30 percent of young." People and young people are, you know, were overwhelmingly liberal Democrats that went for Bernie. Um, but I think that's missing. What that's missing is that even as skewed as it is, young voters are in a typical two-party year are only split, you know, sixty forty or something like that, or sixty five thirty five. I think they're they're missing that what this is is a lot of it is young Republicans. Who are overwhelmingly libertarian um, and can't stand Trump, 
Um, so I think there's some there's some misreading of the analysis here behind this whole Clinton strategy of hitting Gary Johnson as hard as they are. I also think mm-hmm. they're not taking into account Jill Stein um, when they say, oh, Gary's pulling more from Hillary. I don't think the polls actually show that. Um, well, you, know, you want to know what, you want to know what my my theory is on that. This is my mm. my theory on on what you just said and why they're doing it. I think that they've read. It's it's not a question of they looked at the at the analysis and the, uh, the data and and they analyzed it wrong. I think they analyzed it correctly, but. What they're trying to do is they're trying to say, oh, my God, all the millennials are going to Gary Johnson, and he's not at all like Hillary, and if you care about the environment, blah, 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 then you need to come to us because they want anybody, even the people with Hillary, who is thinking about going to a third party of any kind to think twice about about it and to stay with her or to go with her. And they're not mentioning Jill Stein because they know – that if they bring up Jill Stein and they keep pounding her name in the ground, a lot of the Bernie Sanders supporters who don't even know about her are going to start looking at her. Right. Well, and I think there's been something of that effect, too. I mean, they're, they're pounding Gary Johnson with all this hostile media attention, but it has not, you know, it's not moved the polls down. It has not caused his support to to bleed away like they presumably was the intent. Um, I don't know. I, well, mean, I, I, think, I had a. I just think it's kind of silly that they're. I mean, they're literally spending something like fifty-five million dollars to go after Gary Johnson on behalf of Hillary Clinton. When even if they could take out Gary Johnson's numbers, say they push down Gary Johnson's poll numbers by half. Um, which they, I don't think they can do or have done. But if if they hypothetically did it, I don't think it would help Hillary Clinton any. Um, I think if the the margin of the her versus Trump would be the same. It might even hurt her a little bit. Um, and it's just funny because they used to. I mean, you remember earlier in the campaign, all these same sources on the left, CNN and MSNBC, they were also friendly and fawning over. You know, check out because they thought we were the friendly spoiler. Then they thought we'd take more from from Trump, um, and now they've switched to flipping out because they think we're taking more from Hillary. I think it's always been the case that it's been a net wash. Well, I'm just letting Jeffrey get on the line here. Um, one of the things that I heard from a local uh, television reporter here that I know on Facebook, and he wrote me. And he said, the bottom line is, and he said, I've been involved in national politics. Um, I've been involved um, in national news media. And he said, um, I can tell you, the, the, the media like CNN, MSNBC, Fox, ABC, CBS, none of them like Trump. But they, but if it comes down to it can't be Hillary, they'd rather it be Trump than Gary Johnson. And he said that may not be fair, but that's, um, but that's how they how they look at it. So um, I don't get that. Well, I mean, that's why I I think it's crazy that yeah, you've seen um, 
I mean, they've come out specifically bashing the idea of voting third party and, you know, pick between Trump and Johnson, or, sorry, pick between Hillary and and Trump. Um, How does that help their candidate win if they're pushing people to, I mean, hypothetically, if you're Hillary Clinton, you'd rather people vote for Gary Johnson than vote for Donald Trump in this, under this logic, but that's not the message they're pushing. No, I mean, you, you look at people like Bill O'Reilly and um, Sean Hannity. Uh, well, Sean Hannity's much worse than O'Reilly, but O'Reilly basically <laughs> says Gary, Gary Johnson had no chance to win before, and now, and, and now he has double that, no chance to win. Um, you know, after the Aleppo thing, which was totally blown out of proportion, we know that. I mean... They were talking about something else completely entirely different, and out of nowhere he says, what would you do about Aleppo, knowing that whoever I'm talking to is going to have to stop and think about, have we moved on? Are we still on the same subject? You know, so, but uh, that's what the media is doing. Um, They're pushing this, you can't vote for them, you have to vote for one or the other, because it's only going to be one of them. Even Hillary Clinton said that. Donald Trump or I is going to be the next president. It's not going to be a third party. But you notice she never says a name. Right. That is that is no. I've, I've noticed that too. She does uh, does avoid saying the name. And after after that one time when he did it during the convention in or our convention in Orlando, Trump has not uh, said the name either. Mm-hmm. No. The the only time. And he didn't even mention the name at that time. But when when Trump went on Larry King and then and then tried to claim he didn't know that Larry King broadcast on the RT network, and had he known that he wouldn't have agreed to be on the show. Um, and Larry King said, "What do you think about the Libertarian? Should he be allowed in the debates?" And Trump said, "No, not really, because it will just take up valuable time, and Clint, Hillary Clinton and I are the only ones who have a chance to win." Well, this is strictly unscientific, but my son turned 18 uh, in September, and he is registered to vote for the first time in November. Um, He was able to vote. He was able to register at 17 since he was 18 before the general election. But anyway, he said that most of his friends, they all hate Hillary. He said he knows none of them are voting for Hillary. He said a couple might vote for Trump, but they don't like him, but they hate Hillary worse. And he said a lot of them are very interested in Gary Johnson. So that's strictly unscientific. It's one man's opinion, but I think that's a positive sign because the some of his other friends who were interested in Bernie Sanders realized that he was making financial promises that he couldn't keep and that their generation was going to get stuck with the tax bill. So maybe this new generation of people, maybe they're not all a bunch of you know, welfare wannabes who are going to vote Democrat for the rest of their lives. So I think that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree. I, I think I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised at the outcome um, on November the 9th. Uh, Jeffrey, did you have anything you wanted to add? I'm muting I'm, I'm I mean, you I now. Just, uh, I, liked, um, I liked what Andy said about catching flack when you're over the target. Also was encouraged by the fact that Obama came out mentioning us uh, last week, 
And uh, there's been so much anti-third-party talk. I, I mean, that's just huge. I, I've no, I noticed uh, I mean, that's a huge victory for us because it's like when I ran both races, I noticed that the and, and really up until the last couple of weeks, the, the 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 method, the most effective method that they could come up with was not mentioning third-party candidates by name or even the existence of them. And uh, and now that they have started mentioning us, I, I don't see how people will not know of the of the choice. So that's that's the good news right there. Well, I have I have a declaration I have to make on this program right now. I am voting for Gary Johnson because of his hairstyle, and I will still be voting for Gary Johnson because of his hairstyle on November eighth. So Nancy Pelosi can stick it up her behind sideways. <laughs> and in case you didn't know it, in Italian, Pelosi loosely, loosely translated means hairy one. So, that's something to think uh, about. Just saying. I've never seen her on the beach. I'm just saying, you know. Hey, Andy. Yeah. How, how's, yeah the election, how's, the, how, how's the campaign going in Wisconsin up there? You moving along pretty well? Uh, yeah, well, pretty good. Uh, we had a... Um, we had a really good article in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, which is the big uh, statewide paper, about uh, breaking down Gary Johnson's numbers uh, from a poll uh, in the state. Uh, you know, was leading with independents and young people and all that. Uh, you know, all the usual breakdown. Um, but it was a good article, a good write-up. It made the point that he was pulling equally from Clinton and Trump, and um, his numbers keep going up in Wisconsin. You know, they've, they've bounced around in some states. It's up and down, some down and some. But in Wisconsin, it's been a state where it's been up. Uh, not in my district, but out in Dane County, which is Madison, uh, the state capital, college town, um, they showed Gary Johnson was polling in second place, beating Trump, actually. Um, wow! And uh, you know the second largest city in the state there. Um, well, let so me that, let me ask that, you I mean, I think, this, Andy. Sure. Who do you think who do you think um, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is going to endorse for president, or have they already done so? I don't think they have yet. Um, you know, uh, I. Probably Hillary Clinton if they do an endorsement. Uh, I could see them doing Gary Johnson. I mean, they they do go back and forth. They endorse Scott Walker. Um, they do lean a little bit more liberal, though. They're very anti-Trump. I don't see that. They're not going to be endorsing Trump. Um, so what, what other papers across the, Gary Johnson. Yeah. What other papers across the country do you see possibly endorsing Gary? Oh gosh, I don't. I hate to put you on the spot like that. I don't know the news. Who is your Andy? Board politics of uh, yeah. <laughs> every you know all the well, newspapers. Um, well, you know, I'll I'll ask you. I, I hate to put you on the spot, but who is your who is a world leader that you look up to and admire? <laughs> <laughs> The, the, well, oh, what's I tell, his name? Uh, the former, the former governor of New Mexico. I I can't remember his name though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to I have to tell this story because it's it's quite funny. At the state fair Saturday night, 
a woman came up to the um, Libertarian Party of Virginia booth, and she said, you know, I really like Gary Johnson. I, I can't stand Trump, and I can't stand Clinton. And she said, I really like Gary Johnson, but she said, a friend of mine was telling me about Aleppo. She said, talk to me about Aleppo. And I said, and I looked right at her and with a straight face, and I said, what is Aleppo? And, <laughs> and, she, and she looked at me really funny, and then I said, no, I'm just kidding. I know what Aleppo is, and I'll explain it to you. So I did. I, I, I went into great detail about how they, the question came out of left field, and, and I said, you know, Gary doesn't make excuses. He blames himself for not being on the ball and, and, and not being ready to answer that question and coming out with the wrong um, answer. And, you know, and, and I said, but the, the reality of it is it came out of left field. And she was, she was convinced. She said, okay, give me a sign and a bumper sticker. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to vote. I, I saw a lot of uh, sort of backlash against his two Aleppo moments, but uh, I've, I've also seen a lot of openness, you know, to hear the, the explanations that I give, like like you're like you're saying right there. It, uh, we got we got a lot of time left to change a lot of people's minds. Um, I think that we should target certain states that we have a chance of winning, because that's what matters, winning a state or two. Is obviously uh, the, the 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 big article out of Reason today was about Utah's most recent polls, but are there any other states out there, guys, that you think we should really focus on? I'll leave that to Andy. Oh, I don't think that's much changed from I mean here a while back. Um, the campaign put out and it was it was discussed about that uh, the Mountain West. Um, was probably the strongest target area, and that there were a few other pockets here and there. Maybe the up, maybe some parts of the Upper Midwest, maybe some parts of uh, Northern New England. Um, but I mean, the numbers do show pretty consistently that that um, that streak of states, uh, basically, you know, the Mountain West plus Alaska, um, is probably our best shot. I think. I think right now the numbers show uh, strongest in New Mexico. Uh, for a while there, there had been some talk about Utah. Um, I think right now we're looking at New Mexico. I mean, I don't uh, – we're doing really well in South Dakota and Alaska. Both been mentioned uh, by Nate Silver as possibilities for a state outside of New Mexico that could possibly be in play. Um yeah, these are these are states where we're polling in the low 20s or the high high teens, 17, 18, 19 percent. Uh, so that's that's pretty much where it's at. Um, there's we we could all, you know, I think uh, there's a decent chance we could pull off one of the congressional districts in Maine, um, where they split their electoral vote by congressional district. So that's a possibility. Um, you know, it just depends on – it really just depends on which way the momentum breaks. I mean, at this point, if the momentum breaks positive for us, I think we'll I think we'll win at least a couple of states. And, you know, if, if not, it, it doesn't. But that's, that's I think, where we're, where we're at. Yeah. I got two quick things before we, we sign off tonight. Um, the, the, the first one has to do with what we were talking about just a moment ago. There is a narrative that the left is pushing um, at this point, and it's coming from the top, that Gary Johnson is stupid and that he's unfit to be president. 
And that narrative was being pushed long before Aleppo and long before um, naming a, a favorite world leader because I had a friend who was a Democrat up until the point that I think Lincoln Chafee got out and then he came over to Johnson, but he still gets emails. And they've been pushing that for a long time. Gary Johnson's just a stupid you guy. You found an actual token. Lincoln Chafee supporter? They exist in the wild? I did. I, I did find <laughs> one. They um, exist in the wild. Was, <laughs> I did find one, and he's still a Lincoln Chafee supporter. Um, he would not be here with Gary Johnson oh, if Lincoln Chafee system. was. What's that? Sorry, I just had to. I just. I had to make fun of Lincoln Chafee a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking, yeah, the metric system. But, um, you know, yeah, he would still be with Lincoln Chafee if Lincoln Chafee was the uh, nominee. But, you know, um, they had to get him out of the way so that they could get Martin O'Malley out of the way so that they could cheat Bernie Sanders out of the nomination. That's what that's what he says. Um, but well, well, anyway... Know, people... When people talk about how the uh, the DNC supposed you know rigged it against Bernie and, and all that, I think the real rigging of the primary, the out the die was cast and the outcome was decided was when they cleared the field of all the possible serious opponents, and Bernie Sanders was the only one left standing. Um, but I mean, the Democratic Party had a decent bench of other candidates who could have, like the Republican Party. On the Republican side, they all ran. Um, a lot of them did, anyway. But on the Democratic side, they all got scared off. I mean, Hillary Clinton was quite obviously going around and threatening to blacklist people out of her administration if they ran against her. Um, and that's when, uh, I mean, that's that was a real heavy, that was, that was, I think, the, the most unsavory part of how the Democratic primary played out. Yeah. Not that she ended mm-hmm. up going up against Bernie Sanders and beat him, because of course she did. Um, but that Bernie Sanders is the one she ended up having to go up against. Um, I just wanted to make that point. And the last thing, uh, I just want to know if any of you guys have PTSD. Or know anyone <laughs> that did because so that's, uh, um, are you talking about Trump's comments? Yes, very much so. I mean, is this uh, guy is he is he is he trying to, um, you know, throw it for Hillary? I mean, what's going on here? You would think I, he continues. I'm just trying to figure out what's going. Why? I mean, you know. Talking about that woman from Venezuela, where he's at, asking his supporters to go and look at a, a her sex tape, and then somebody told me this morning that um, somebody um, responded to that tweet and said, "I thought you hired a a whole new campaign team um, to get you to start campaigning correctly." And supposedly Trump wrote back and said, "Nobody tells me what to do; I do what I want." Yeah, I saw today. He's not going to change his debate preparation at all. What's that, Andy? I was just saying, if Eric Cartman runs for president, I do what I want. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I, you know, it's almost as if Donald Trump really doesn't want 
um, to be president. I mean, you, you can talk all day long all you want about Bill Welch said Hillary Clinton's the most qualified to be president on paper or, or whatever. But, I mean, nothing compares to what this guy says. And when I ask some of his supporters about the PTSD comments, they either knuckled down and said they agreed with him Nobody in my family that's ever served in the Middle East has come home with PTSD. That's for losers. Or they just brush it off and say it's bad, but we have to vote for him because if not him, it will be Hillary. Johnson doesn't stand a chance. Mm, I don't know. I've heard that many times. I mean, I just just can't imagine how anybody thinks this man could handle – I mean, showing up at military funerals, and and I mean, there's there's some serious, weighty things that you have to do if you're the commander in chief, even in peacetime. I mean, there's still you know people killed in the military and accidents and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I just can't imagine how crass he would. I mean, he, and it's just a it's a repeated pattern that he just like either doesn't understand or deliberately disregards for shock value um, any any sort of tact and respect. Yeah, I can see him standing at a at the funeral of a military person giving that look that he always gives with his with his lips tightly pinched together, you know, and spread out. Like he's basically like when he's listening to somebody else talk, and he's thinking to himself, you know, they're full of shit. You know that. That's, excuse my language. I. I <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's that's. I can see him standing at a at a um, a military funeral doing that. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's it's not good. And I was talking to one supporter today. And it's the same thing. You know, you can say what you want about the basket of deplorables. Hillary was right. She maybe shouldn't have said it. But this one guy told me today, he said, we need to get the Mexicans and the Muslims out of this country. And the only one who's going to do it is Donald Trump. And so I don't care what he thinks of the military. I don't care what he thinks about anything else. We need a wall and we need them gone. And he's got my vote. Hmm. So, um, well, there's certainly and, a lot you, of people like that running around, but I mean, it's and, such an ignorant perspective yeah. it's hard to even take. And when you and when you try to reason with them and say, well, he's probably not going to get a wall built, he's not going to be able to deport 11 million illegal immigrants, and the Mexicans you know, aren't going to pay for it. Yeah, they don't want to hear that. They say, well, maybe not, but it sounds so good when he says it that I. That it's worth my vote. Well, so does free college. Hillary wants education to be free, and that sounds really great. And we're going to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, and wow, everybody's going to be middle class right out of high school. I mean, who couldn't vote yep. for that? Yeah. So anyway, anyway guys, um, we're running out of time here, so I'm going to um, say good night to everyone, and we will be back on – I'm checking the calendar here. We're going to be back on um, we're going to be back on the 24th of this month. So 
we'll have a good guest lined up for you then. So, Excellent. Um, so good night, everybody. We had a great show, and we'll, I'm sure there will be more to talk about then. Good night, everyone. All right. You guys take care. care. Have a good one. Bye. Your heart from sight, lock your dreams at night. It could happen to you. Don't count stars, or you might stumble. Someone drops the sigh, and down you tumble. Away from spring Run when church bells ring It could happen to you Oh, I did was wonder How your arms would be And it happened to me Wonder how your arms 